And I've been... Are you fucking kidding me, man? Who keeps breaking into cars out there? What is going on, everybody? Thank you for tuning into Gizmo's Corner yet again. Today, we are going to be talking about the series of movies that came out this month from Blumhouse. That's right. We're going to be talking about Welcome to the Blumhouse. These are four movies that they decided to put into a hodgepodge and just cram them together to try to get the attention of viewers um, to hopefully market their products a little bit more i know that they if you're not familiar blumhouse does have a series on hulu called into the dark where if you ask any regular person if they are aware of this they're not going to know what it is like seriously do you know what into the dark is chances are you don't if you do then you're one of the few breeds probably but what into the dark is it's a collective of movies that revolve around a certain holiday within each month or a certain thing in each month. So it was like a monthly movie that was being released on Hulu. There was, you know, there was New Year's, Christmas, Halloween, etc. And each one was a different horror story revolving around these holidays. Um, I guess since that wasn't connecting with the general public, Blumhouse decided to try to move their resources to Amazon and they released this series, uh, at least, you know, four movies as of right now. I guess there's going to be a couple more coming out by the end of the year. We'll see what actually happens with that. That's what I heard. I don't know if that's actually true or not. Um, but anyway, so these movies, there's four of them. Again, duh, I said it a million times now. Uh, <laughs> uh, there is The Lie, Evil Eye, Nocturne, and Black Box. Those are the four titles of these movies. I, I've read some things online about these where people were referring to this as an anthology. It is not an anthology. I, I'm like the, one thing that like kind of irked me about this is the fact that people were calling it an anthology because it doesn't fall into that formula. It's not an anthology series. It's just four movies that were put together because they were there and they had to do something with them. That, that's what it seems like to me. Um, no, no complaints about that, but. It just irked me that people were referring to this as an anthology series because, you know, it's it's a hot title to put on a collective of stories, you know. Um, I mean, you have something like Black Mirror or Creep Show. Those are anthologies. Those are anthology series. Twilight Zone, that's an anthology series. Trick or Treat. Uh, any Anything like that is an anthology. This, it's just different movies that happen to fall under one banner. That's all they are. The only thing these movies have in common with each other is the fact that they're printed together on the same poster. If you guys haven't seen the poster for this, it's uh, it's pretty much a house. It's very clever. Welcome to the Blum House. So they have a house, and then each level of the house is each movie. So you see you know, the image for the lie where it's a family eating dinner, and out in the garage there's a car with blood on the hood, and uh, Nocturne, there's a girl sitting at the piano with like a ghostly figure. Go look at the poster. Uh, I'm not going to describe it in any justice. So go check out uh, go check out the poster. It, it is actually very cool. It's a cool looking piece of art. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to break these movies down, give my thoughts on what I thought of each of these movies, as I normally do. Uh, so what we're going to do is we're going to start off with 
The Lie, since that is the first one I watched out of these movies. So I'm going to do the lame thing here, and I'm just going to read the synopsis off of IMDb. Uh, Here it is. A father and daughter are on their way to a dance camp when they spot the girl's best friend on the side of the road. When they stop to offer the friend a ride, their good intentions result in terrible consequences. All right, so that's that's the gist of what this uh, what this movie is. Movie stars Peter Sarsgaard, Muriel Enos, sorry, butchered the name, Joey King, Casanar, uh, a bunch of other people. But you know, you got Joey King, who she's a she's a pretty cool figure in horror. I mean, she was in she was in The Conjuring. She played one of the little girls in the first Conjuring movie. She was in Independence Day, <laughs> the, the sequel to Independence Day, if that holds any merit. Um, she was in Wish Upon. Come to think of it, she's really not that big of a horror icon because most of the, like, she had a small part in The Conjuring. Everything else was like a flop. Um, Peter Sarsgaard, you know, he's he's there. He, he's also pretty well known in the horror community from, uh, what was it? Uh the Skeleton Key, uh, that Jodie Foster movie that's on an airplane. That was more of a thriller, not so much a horror movie. The thing was called Flight Plan. Uh, what else was he in? Fuck. Uh, that fucking... The Orphan. He was in The Orphan. And uh, Marielle... Fuck, I'm sorry. I don't know how to say her name. She was in The Killing and World War Z. So it's like you have three people that have had experience in the horror genre, whether it be good or not. I'm going to start off by saying this movie is anything but horror. As I, you know, getting through this movie, I viewed this as being more of like a lifetime movie, the way this plays out. I would I would actually say that about the majority of these, these movies. Uh, not so much them being lifetime, but they're not so much horror as you're expecting them to be, especially with the way they promoted them. I don't know. I, I didn't really, honestly, I didn't really care for this one. I didn't really care for most of these movies. I'll, I'll start off by saying that. I didn't care for most of these. But The Lie, with the cast and the story and everything and how this plays out, it, I'm going to I'm gonna break into the synopsis. You know what, fuck it. I'm just going to spoil this one. How this movie starts off and how it plays out, uh, like in the synopsis, you know, it says like the Peter Sarsgaard and Joey King, they're driving to this dance thing. And they see her, one of her best friends on the side of the road. They pick her up and it's, uh, and then the girl is like being kind of like, you know, she's a teenage girl, you know, teenage girls are kind of bitchy and she's acting all weird. Joe, you could tell Joey King's character is getting really annoyed with it. And then the girl says, Oh, I gotta go. I gotta take a pee and uh, whatever. So then Peter Sarsgaard pulls over. They go off into the woods. Uh, Joey King and the friend, not Peter, he stays in the car because that would be weird if he went to Pee. Anyway, um, they <laughs> they go and they do their thing, and it's been a while. So Peter Skarsgård goes and he looks for them and finds Joey King sitting on the edge of this bridge, and she's just staring down at the water. And it, the way this plays out, it's just so fucking weird. Like how this how this whole story just drags out. I mean, you can kind of you can kind of interpret where the story goes there there it tries to have this like twist thing and everything so it has you think of one thing throughout this entire movie but the whole thing where is like the title of the lie is supposed to revolve around the parents trying to protect their daughter from this sinister thing that she did because the idea is that she kills her friend 
because she was being a bitch during the car ride. So the whole fact of the story is supposed to revolve around these parents. And again, yeah, they're trying to cover up for her, take, protect her. The girl's daughter, the friend's daughter ends up coming around asking if they, they saw her or anything or like this and that. And there's, there's points in this movie where I, I was just getting frustrated. Like the dad comes by and is talking to the mother and she's like, oh no, she's at the doctor. He, he brought her to the doctor because she wasn't feeling well. He's like, all right, well, maybe I'll stop by later and I can talk to her. Maybe you can have her call me and this and that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So the dad leaves. And then like, I don't know, it seemed like 10 minutes later, the dad, that dad comes back, the dad of the friend comes back and is like, Hey, have you, have you seen, you know, is she home yet? You know, like, cause I would really like to talk to her. And she's like, no, no, she's still, she's still at the doctor. Yeah. They're still there. And then <laughs> the fucking Peter Sarsgaard comes out of the house and it's like, Oh, you got caught. You just fucking got caught in this lie. Right. So after that, then they're like, oh, no, no, well, well, he left her at the doctor. And it's like, oh, okay. So the 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 girl's dad is still, like, unsure about the whole situation. Like, he knows something's, something's up. Something's wrong here. And then two seconds later, Joey King comes out of the house, and he sees her, and he's like, wait a minute. What's going on here? <laughs> like, are you fucking kidding me? Get out of here. So anyway, so there's this whole big thing that happens between Joey King's parents and the the friend's dad where they're they're going back and forth. And like then at one point, the cops get involved and they're like they start questioning the dad. And then like this whole thing of like abuse comes up with the dad and blah, 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 whatever. The whole thing is, like I said, it's a fucking lifetime movie. It's just ridiculous. Um. Anyway, so by the end of the movie, it turns out like there's this, there's a, there's a twist, ooh, big twist that was like, I kind of figured it was something like that. If you're a fan of horror, you're probably not going to appreciate this one. If you're one of those moms that loves Lifetime, I highly recommend this movie. You're going to love it. I told my mother to watch it. I'm waiting to see if she does because I guarantee she's going to, she's going to get a thrill out of it. Uh, this one is not for the the horror crowd. I, I'm gonna say it out there. I I didn't care for this movie. I didn't care for the way it was pitched as a horror movie. This movie, more or less, yeah, not a fan. <laughs> but anyway, let's move on to the next one. The next one we that I watched was uh, Black Box. All right, so Black Box. Here's the the IMDb synopsis. Uh, after losing his wife and his memory in a car accident. A single father undergoes an agonizing experimental treatment that causes him to question who he really is. So I'm not going to bag on this one that much. I actually enjoyed this one quite a bit, uh, considering all the the other three that I watched. Um, so this one, this one I, I enjoyed a lot. I, there was a lot of originality to this one, as far as this context goes. It's you're you're following your your main character here, who is Nolan. And Nolan can't remember anything from a car accident that he had. And his daughter, oh my God, she's the sweetest little thing. She was probably like my favorite part of this movie too. Um, she is trying to help her dad remember things. She's always there like checking on him, making sure he's okay with his memory and everything. He's going to this hospital and undergoing this this form of therapy to help with memory loss. And it's being orchestrated by this doctor, uh, Lillian. Each time, so what? What this thing is? It's like this, like it's almost like a, a, like a VR kind of thing. She puts on his head, and 
it kind of reminded me a little bit of Inception where there's like a totem involved, like when he's getting incepted and he's going into his own mind, right? But uh, the totem that he uses, it's his watch. And she says, whenever you want to get out of here, just spin the dial on your watch or whatever. So he goes into this thing and he's in this like world in this this. It's not virtual reality because he's in his own mind. He's 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 incepting himself, right? So he he's in his own mind and he's trying to remember things and remember like who his family was and the accident and all this stuff. And when he's in there, that that's where like the horrific things happen. Like there's some body horror that goes on, like a body that comes out and distorts itself and crab walks towards them and shit. And you know the the people are like faceless and everything, and it's you know it's eerie. It's some stuff, and again, this one also just like also just like the lie. Uh, I, I, there's not much to say about this movie, unfortunately, uh, it, because it, it's very repetitive in its its storytelling. It's him going home, talking to his best friend, talking to his daughter. Then he goes to the doctor. He goes into the 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 black box, and he goes through this thing, and he remembers a little bit more each time. And it's just very repetitive. There's not much to the story. So when you do get to the end, there is a little bit of a twist, which I really appreciated this twist. It was really cool. And I appreciated the originality of this story, which is why I like this one the most out of all of them. I'm not going to say too much more. This is the one that I would actually recommend you check out. As far as the acting goes, like I said, the little girl was adorable. I loved her. Most of you guys know I'm not a huge fan of child actors. But this girl, this girl was adorable. I thought she was great. And actually the best friend, his best friend in the movie, I thought was really good too. him came across a little bland, but uh, he still made his character work and you could actually appreciate him overall. Yeah, I would say this is the one I would check out out of all four of them. Um, Next, we're going to move on to Evil Eye. And all right, I'll (laughs) read the IMDB here. This is this is going to be a quick one. Honestly, I'm not going to spend a lot of time talking about this one. Uh, Evil Eye. A superstitious mother is convinced that her daughter's new boyfriend is the reincarnation of a man who tried to kill her 30 years ago. (gasps) No. Uh, This movie was fucking awful. (laughs) I uh, one thing I did appreciate about this. Actually, I'm not going to say it was completely awful. I liked the cast in this. I like that they used a cast of like all Indian Hindu uh, descent. I like that it was a movie revolving around that because it did get a little bit into like the paranormal aspect of that culture and what the um, like some of like the the beliefs can be in there. So like I really appreciate it. That was that was different to me. I never knew a lot of this stuff. If it is if it is real, I didn't actually look into any of this, but if it is real, that's pretty awesome. Like it was cool seeing that. It was it's actually kind of like the same feeling I had when with that movie Possession with uh Jeffrey Dean Morgan where you got a look into the Jewish culture uh, as far as, you know, the dibic box and what a dibic is. And, uh, I, that, that's one of my, that was one of my favorite movies of that year when that came out. I remember that, like, I remember just being so captured by that movie and like learning about a different culture at the same time, uh, enjoying a a fantastic horror movie. It was, it's one of my favorite possession movies out there. But anyway, back to this one, it, it was cool on that end, but as far as the story for this movie, 
goes, exactly what I just read you in the synopsis is exactly what happens. Like there's there's no twist to it. There's nothing nothing crazy that's going to shock you. It's very boring to an extent as far as the story goes. I didn't really care about the characters all that much. The antagonist was bland like i mean there there wasn't much to this movie at all uh, I'm, I'm just gonna i didn't i didn't care for this one i would say this this one was actually i like this one more than i liked the lie i'll say that much and again on a horror level i don't i don't see this being a horror movie like yeah there's paranormal aspects to it but like the horror end like it's it's not there to me like there was there's nothing horrific about this movie so yeah, I would honestly I would say skip this one. Uh, it didn't do much for me. I, I liked one thing. There was the one thing I appreciated about it, and that was about it. All right, and last but not least, we are going to talk about Nocturne. This one was like highly rated on Amazon when I right before I watched it. This had like the highest rating out of all four of them. So like I was really excited to get into this. I'm going to read the synopsis here. Uh, an incredibly gifted pianist. Pianist, sorry. An incredibly gifted pianist makes a. F- what the fuck is that word? <laughs> okay, an incredibly gifted pianist makes a Faustian bargain to overtake her older sister at a prestigious institution for classical musicians. Uh, this movie stars Sydney Sweeney, Madison Ismay, uh, Jaquise Coleman. Ivan Shaw and Julie Benz. Ah, uh, fuck yeah, Julie Benz from uh, Dexter and what was that Saw Six? I would say this one actually had some pretty good horror elements to it. I would I would definitely say this classifies as a horror movie. It also kind of worked more as like an art piece in my opinion because I didn't fucking get it. <laughs> I uh, yeah. So uh, look researching it after the fact wanting to know what the word nocturne means apparently it's like music that's written at night or revolves around nighttime someone can correct me on that i'm that's fine it's just because i didn't really care that much so this girl it's pretty much like she's jealous of her sister she wants to be the best musician and everything so she starts to try to be her sister by being better than her sister at this music academy that they're at and she starts doing things like stealing the song that her sister was going to play during a recital or something or a playoff whatever and then it just turns out that you know she's kind of a bitch honestly like I did not like she's your protagonist and you're supposed to care for them I couldn't stand her I couldn't stand her the entire fucking movie she was such a she was such a bitch um the sister I was like rooting for even more and her sister has this boyfriend Max um I I didn't get the the fascination with him he has like uh this like mustache thing that was kind of like dude shave that shit man (laughs) it's not working for you bro yeah, anyway, that's enough about that. Uh, so, sorry, I'm, I'm bouncing all over the place with the one, this one. Let me let me get back on track. So, yeah, uh, Juliet, who's your who's your main protagonist, she's jealous of her sister Vivian. She wants to be better than Vivian. I think they're supposed to be, like, twins. Like, they were born minutes apart or some shit like that. Again, I could be wrong. I watched this, like, a week ago. So, anyway, she's jealous of her sister. And uh, she's trying to be, like, the best musician and all that. But, like, the... Her sister Vivian is like really good and really good at this one song and everything. Uh, anyway, so there was this. The movie opens up with this girl playing. Oh man, was it a cello or a violin? One of those two, and she ends up jumping out of a window, and you see like all these etchings on the wall, 
and there's this like there's this notebook with stuff scribbled inside of it and so anyways the, the girl in the beginning dies and then later on in the movie our protagonist of Juliet finds the book with all these uh, music notes in it like different uh, songs that she can play and to each page there's a drawing this book is actually what bothers me about this movie. While it, it's somewhat, it, it's somewhat kind of original. It's not because it takes two concepts where it's taking the fact of a drawing predicting someone's demise. And also it kind of takes that idea and mushes it into Suspiria to an extent like it, this did have like kind of a Suspiria vibe to me. And as far as like the drawings predicting someone's death, I mean, that could be related to like death note. Uh, even though that wasn't drawings, it was just writing someone's name in, in a book. Uh, but there, I, I wrote a script mad long ago for this, uh, for this movie competition. The movie was called the tomorrow book and I entered it into this competition. It was for a uh, horror fest, horror fest after darks, horror fest, the eight films to die for. And I remember promoting the shit out of this script and this this idea. And I remember this this is something I've always bragged about. So out of what was it? It was like six hundred submissions. I was ended up voted in like the the top twenty. So like that's something I've always been proud of. The winner of that ended up being a movie called Perkins Fourteen, which good for you. But anyway, the Tomorrow Book. Yeah. So the story was it's this kid who everything he draws in this book comes to reality and these people die in certain ways. It was kind of like a Final Destination-esque kind of thing. This movie tried doing something like that, but it never, it had these concepts that it never felt like it actually followed through with. So where you have these drawings in the book, it never seemed like it was actually following through with that concept. It, it could have been done better and everything, and especially with the music, if it was something like, it would have been like so much better if it was every time she paid, played a page of music, and whatever that page was connect, like whatever drawing that page of music was connected to, that that drawing would happen then. So every time she played a page of music, then that I, I hope you're following what I'm saying. I'm trying to explain it, but I, I think you're understanding. I'm hoping you're understanding what I'm saying. Uh, so like page one, if she plays that music, that picture becomes reality. Page two, if she were to play that a different day, that next page becomes reality. And like it happens in the movie where she's like, oh, my God, this happened to Doug and this happened to Craig and Chad. That's totally Chad right there. But like it it never followed through on a proper like it never followed through properly to me. Like and that and that's something that really bothered me about this movie. Like it had a it seemed like it had a general idea of what it was going to do. And then it, it was like, well, maybe if we tried this instead. And then all of a sudden, like at one point they're at like a cave and, uh, Vivian catches Juliet about to mack it to her boyfriend, Vivian's boyfriend. And she gets pissed off. And then there's like a fight that breaks out between the, the two sisters. And then Juliet like blacks out or something. And then, there's like a bright light in the sky and I have no, no idea what the fuck this bright light was either. And then it, and then, you know, some, whatever happens to Vivian and then things keep working out for Juliet throughout this movie. Like every time she wants something, something bad happens to somebody, but then something good happens to her. And 
and and it's it's very reminiscent. I mean, like if you've seen Wish Upon, it's something very similar to that. You wish on the box, something good happens to you, but something bad happens to somebody else. It, it's not it's not very much original on that end. I would say, like it's. I don't know. I don't understand why people were crazy about this one. I, I, again, I didn't really care for it. What I did love about this movie was the fucking ending. I absolutely loved this ending. That ending was baller. I can say what happens if you watch it, uh, the way this movie ends, I was like, holy fuck. Like it, it didn't blow my mind. Like, I think I'm overselling it at this point. Please don't take it as over. Yeah, I'm definitely overselling it. Fuck. Um, the movie, the ending sucked, guys. Um, <laughs> it, it was just, it ends on a creepy factor and the way, the way it ends for your, your main character of Juliet is it, it's, it's almost satisfying to an extent the way it ends and, um, on a horror aspect, it is very satisfying as well. It, and it's a little bit creepy and, uh, unnerving with how this ends uh, and, by the way, I did have to, I did do a couple searches on like, what the fuck did this movie mean? Because when it comes to fucking art house movies, I never understand them. Like there's, I've never, uh, that's why I don't like these art mo- art house movies, like A24 movies. I'm not the biggest fan of them because they are so far up their own asses where I, I don't understand what the hell it is I'm watching. And then I do a YouTube search after for an explanation and then I get it and I was like, oh, that movie wasn't that bad. <laughs> like I did, I think I did that with uh, Hereditary. I walked out of Hereditary being like, "This is a pile of shit." And then, it, but then something bothered me about it. Like I, I didn't understand. I wanted to understand, and I did a YouTube search, and it was like, "Oh, this is what this means, and this is what that means, and this is what circulated that, and the you know Piedmont, and this and that, and blah blah blah." And I'm like, "Oh, it was pretty good." <laughs> and when I say they got their heads up their own asses, I don't actually mean that i just i just art house movies are not for me i didn't care for midsommar uh the witch i had to watch twice to fully appreciate it um the lighthouse i hated the lighthouse i watched explanation videos fuck you that movie i know i did not care for that movie he killed a fucking bird with his bare hands he beat the shit out of it and uh, never mind They're, they're just not for me yeah, I'm, I'm just going to wrap it up there, guys. Uh, so welcome to the Blumhouse. Go check them out if you want to. Um, I know I totally sold it here. on the. <laughs> I know I totally sold it here on this episode. But uh, yeah, I've been, like I said, I've, I watched these. I wanted to do an episode on them. And, you know, guys, go check them out. Make your own opinions on them. A uh, few people I know that have watched them had uh, very different opinions than I did, had similar opinions than I do. Make your own opinions, you know. Maybe you'll watch The Lie and be like, this reminds me of that Lifetime movie I watched, like I said, because it's a Lifetime movie. But seriously, go make your own opinions on them, and no judgment. If you like it, that's fantastic. I hope you do like them. Again, out of all four, I'd highly recommend... uh, Let me not highly recommend. uh, I would recommend Black Box out of all of them for sure. Nocturne would be a number two, Evil Eye would probably be a number three, and The Lie would be a number four. You know what? Fuck it. The Lie and Evil Eye, they're tied. They're tied for third and fourth place because I can't say one of those is better than the other. But yeah, so anyways, uh, welcome to the Blumhouse. 
maybe you saw it, maybe you watched them, maybe you didn't, maybe you're curious, maybe you're gonna. They're free on Amazon, guys. If you need something to watch, go check them out. Um, and with that, thank you everybody for tuning in to Gizmo's Corner yet again. Tune in next time because nope, not the new mutants. Nope, 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 it's not happening. <laughs> no, uh, but possibly be talking about the haunting of Bly Manor eventually. Tune in, see what the thoughts are on that. I'm gonna be releasing another 10 items or less soon. It's been a while since I've done that. I've been wanting to do one, but one month all I did was watch uh, the entire series of Shadings. Show's great. Anyway, with that being said, guys, I love you. Thank you for listening.